Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and you are listening to The Raider and The Saint. gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode once again i am your host steven gaxiola thank you for tuning in i want to thank all my supporters all my listeners from around the world thank you so much i couldn't have done it without you guys and your support i see you guys i see who's listening i see the growth i see the the the, the listeners growing and and i appreciate you guys I, all i try to focus on is giving you the best content week in and week out I have a really good lineup. I'm locked in for the next two months. I want to thank all my uh, past guests um, and my guests that are that will be coming on. I, I'm locked and loaded for two months, man. I am booked. I am I'm excited for this podcast. Once again, I want to thank all you listeners out there from around the world. I appreciate you guys. I do have a, a gift that I will be giving out to one of the listeners after episode 52. I'm excited for that. I got some good things coming on on the show. So I'm I'm just pumped. I'm excited. Today's date is September 20th. The year is 2020. We are 44 days out until the election. And we got great things that that we have ahead for us as the United States. The world is watching. What are we going to do? Are we going to lay down and give up? Are we going to stand up and fight back? And this podcast has been great to me and and helping me... uh, achieve whatever I, w- I want to do you know it gives me a growth it gives me a I, I can't wait to come in and podcast it has changed my life for the good and i want to give that good back to you guys so every every guest that comes in uh really great people and they're on to do greater things too a lot of people have come on the podcast they changed their life around a little bit not like nothing was wrong in the beginning but everybody could use a little bit of change change is always good for me i constantly have to change and yeah man it's going good man the location we are back at the studio we're downtown santa Ana, the historic district i am back at the bunker the aka the lab 
And my guest today, I will bring him in very shortly, but I want to thank my past guest, Jay Nix, the Freedom Fighter, and also Mario, a.k.a. Mr. Flex. Thank you last week, my friends. It was a great podcast. I love hanging out and just shooting the breeze with you guys. And uh, it was great to hear uh, your your story, Mr. Flex, of, of you bodybuilding. I mean, I didn't really know too. I mean, I used to work out with you. I didn't know you knew a lot of bodybuilders. I have actually met Jay Cutler. So when he talked about him, I did meet him. I was with you. It's a couple years ago. I don't think I said that on the podcast. But, yeah, I've met Jay Cutler, and he's a G. And uh, other than that, man, we are live. Oh, wait, I got to give a shout-out real quick to my one of my listeners who listens to every podcast, uh, my sister Denise. Shout-out to you, girl. Congratulations on getting your own place. I am proud of you, and it's a beautiful thing. And you've, you've worked your ass off, and I've seen you grow. You know, I've known you since you were a baby two years old and, and now you're, you're you're a woman now you're working hard you're you're hustling and bustling and, and i just want to let you know shout out to you i'm proud of you, you also shane too you guys getting your own spot i can't wait to go hang out with you guys and you guys could finally cook for me so other than that shout out that's it my guest today is a good friend of mine we will get into it but he is the guy behind this show He's the one who has showed me how to edit, how to post, how to do all the computer shit because I, I'm, I can't do anything. You know, I'm, I'm dumb like a, a sack of rocks. But he has showed me how to do everything. He's pretty good at what he does. He's an expert, a, a marksman, and uh, he's, part, he's the guy behind the scenes. So people think that I do do all this on my own, but when it comes to doing new things, such as we're working on doing video, we're going to do video soon. Uh, he teaches me and I, I learn and then I, I apply it to this podcast. So I want to welcome my guest, my good friend, Drew, a.k.a. The Shadow. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you, man? Thank you so much. Thanks Episode for, 47, bro. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> no, man, I always yeah. wanted to have you on and you, you've been a big part of this podcast and, and you deserve credit, too, because you've, you've helped me develop and, and turn an idea to something you know you, i remember when I, I gave you my old laptop yeah no uh you've always had a lot of love for this and and i just wanted to help you pursue your passion everybody everybody has something that they, that really drives them gets them to to wake up in the morning gets them to want to be better but not a lot of people really keep on trying to push those limits you're always trying to to push yourself into uh, into that next creative space. Yeah, I think it, it, for me it was. I don't know, man. It, it it was passion. It was something I knew that I I wanted to do. I I've been pondering on doing a podcast for eleven years. I have an old picture on my phone from the starter podcaster kit that you could get on Amazon. I think it's like sixty bucks now, and I had that picture on my phone. It was back in like two thousand one. Was it 2001? No, 2000, like 2005, six. Yeah, that's about the time that all those podcasts really started. Yeah, that's out. when like five, Joe, six, yeah. Joe Rogan. I started hearing Joe Rogan's podcast back then. I because I, I had an iPhone and I go, what is this podcast thing? My route that I used to have was all uh, residential, so there's no 
communicating with any customers. It's, it's just you. So I would listen to music all the time. And music, you know, it changes your mood depending on what you want to listen to. I mean, I can't listen to Rage, in the Mach- Rage Against the Machine all day long because by the end, I'm going to be fucking worn out because it does something to you. It produces some type of uh, endorphins or whatever it does to get you pumped up. You can only be pumped up for so long. You can't be pumped up for 10, 12 hours unless you're on heroin or coke. And so I seen this button. And I was like, What's this podcast? And I clicked on it. And I don't know. I stumbled upon Joe Rogan. I, I knew him from, uh, oh, that's the UFC guy. You know, I didn't know he was a comedian. I didn't, you know, I knew him from Fear Factor, of course, but I didn't know he was a comedian. And so I listened to his podcast. And I've, I've seen him live in Vegas a couple years ago. Shit, man, probably like eight years ago now. Well, the, f- the first time that I saw him. Um, oh, you've I've, seen him too? I've seen him too, yeah. So uh, I had a few friends that they were going to go to some show uh, for some comedian, they said. And they had a couple extra tickets, so I I went down, and and there goes Joe Rogan, and he's talking, doing his his shtick, and I I thought it was funny because the first thing that thought that popped into my head before the UFC thought even came in was uh, when he used to be on an old TV show called News Radio. He was just like some random oh, dude that yeah. would pop in, and uh, and at first I I expected it to be like a normal uh, comedy bit that he's just cracking jokes about a bunch of different things but he would start trying to go into some pretty deep things um i remember one of the first things he was talking about was sensory deprivation tanks yeah yeah you remember that was his did thing. i tell you i did it recently on my birthday i no. fucking threw up are you serious yeah well i i was drinking <laughs> yeah. it was my birthday i was drinking the night before i was hung over i went i did a acupuncture yeah shout out to vicky in the holistic health center i always give them shout outs uh yeah, I went and got acupuncture, which is really good if you never tried it. And then I did a chiropractor, got adjusted, and then I went to do the float tank. And everyone told me I was crazy because you're you're detoxing heavy once you do acupuncture and get adjusted. Yeah. And I started feeling nauseous laying in there. It, it was weird. Have you done it? Yeah, I've done it twice now. The the first time I swear I think I was just I was I was in there for over an hour. I don't remember exactly how long I was in there, but I know it was a, it was a little over an hour at least. Um, I remember for the first probably, I'm guessing, 20 minutes. You know, like you, you lose sense of time and everything because it's completely dark. You're just floating in uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that saltwater tank. I, I just felt, I didn't feel anything initially. So I'm just laying there, laying there, laying there. And I think at some point I started kind of lightly like falling asleep a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you're kind of awake, kind of asleep. And, and I knew that I finally like started kind of connecting with it because I initially had this huge dropping feeling. Like you just feel like you're falling backwards a little bit. And, um, and then I started seeing, uh, colors and shades and salt. It's, it's trippy. It's really trippy because at a certain point you don't feel your body anymore. You're just, it's just your mind that's just floating there. And it's such an, such a trippy experience. Yeah, I actually, I was in there maybe for 30, uh, maybe 20 minutes, and my stomach started hurting, and uh, I drove home. I, th- I was talking to the guy, yeah. the owner. You know, he wants to come on the podcast. forgot his name. I have it written down somewhere. And I came out, and I felt embarrassed, dude. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, man, I'm acting like a bitch right now, dude. But I drove <laughs> home. I was feeling shitty. I fucking went home, dude. My lady was in the backyard. You know, she's raking the leaves or doing something. And she looks at me, and I go, right, right on the tree, dude. She goes, oh, my God. And it was loud. Yeah. Like yeah. They can hear me in the house. Yeah. And they and I, she was like, 
you know, right away she was like, what the fuck? You're fucked up. You know? <laughs> and I was like, no, I go, it was, I was detoxing and, and I was hung over and then I'm laying there and motionless. And then like you start, you're moving a bit. So it's like seasick. I guess he yeah. said people do get sick. Did you get seasickness? A- but I don't, I, did you get him? You said you got a, mis- you got, got acupuncture. acupuncture yeah. yeah. Did you get a massage too or no? No, I just got adjusted. So when I, I think it's probably the same thing for both things. When your body's detoxing, like if you're doing uh, acupuncture, massage therapy, any of that stuff, your body's getting all this all this junk pushed out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they say that you're supposed to drink a shit ton of water. Yeah, which I never do. Yeah, I just so do they, a cup. Yeah, they and, give you the cup at the end, and yeah, it's like that green tea or some yeah, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? And it's it's supposed to help just get all that that stuff out of your body when you're sitting in that floating uh, in the de- in the sensory deprivation tank. Uh, you're just in salt water, which is what your body's mostly made out of. So I'm sure it's it's trying to do some of the work for you, and it was probably just like a mass exodus of like, mm-hmm. oh, we got to get rid of all this shit, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you then you probably just felt sick. But it's uh, what 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 did you think about when you were going in there? I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. He gave me a free pass. He goes, you know, I'm gonna reschedule you because I told him the truth. I'm telling you what I told him. I said, look at dude, I I drank last night. It's my birthday. Yeah, it was a good time. Woke up, you know, acupuncture chiropractor got adjusted and then now I'm, you know i did the flotation and he goes do you get seasickness i go no i never have i mean i've been on boats where they've yeah. shook in but not to the point where like my stomach goes like Ugh. i mean i feel like i got a stomach of a steel I, I eat a lot of hot sauce and chilies and stuff like that and i'm gonna do it again yeah maybe we should go yeah yeah i'm down there's a place that's over in orange Is yeah that the that's the place yeah. yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. My girl actually worked there when she was in college for a little while. Really? She did. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So she said that she did the uh, depth of the deprivation tanks lots of times, and she would get into like this really deep mental state. Um, she her background's in psychology, like we've talked about before. Yeah. yeah. So well, tell the people like, a little yeah. bit about yourself. Okay. Well, um, I have a background in tech uh i'm i've been involved with it in some way shape or form since like the early 2000s and then uh you're born in orange county uh born in downey downey okay downey downey um so part of la county yeah and no no actually no i'm taking it back i wasn't born in downey i was born in torrance yeah Mm -hmm. so but you still still part of orange or uh, la county rather Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i i've traveled a lot uh a lot of surfing snowboarding you being, you're probably the best neighbor anybody could hope for. Yeah, you're never, thanks. you're never home, <laughs> and when you are, you're quiet. Yeah, yeah. You know, compared to the other, the other people on the block. Well, I try to, know. I try to get into one of those uh, very relaxed, very, um, you know, like where where your your home is just a place that you can kind of just relax. Yeah. And uh, and be in a very like just chill state. Um, did you learn that at a young age? You've always been chill since I've known you. Uh, yeah, I think I probably got a lot of that from my grandpa. Um, initially, like you know how you you whatever you you're around when you're a kid growing up, mm-hmm. a lot of times you kind of reflect that out. However, mm-hmm. that was, and and it wasn't like anything that I was told. It was just you just start seeing everybody just always kind of being calm in nature. And I, I did a lot of camping as a kid. So, like, a lot of camping trips with family, but everybody just kind of goes and does their own thing on the camping trip. It's, it wasn't ever a forced thing that you had to be together. So then when I'm out in nature, whether it's, like, in water, out, like, deep in a forest somewhere or something, 
you kind of let yourself explore and then just find these calm places that you never feel like you have to be anywhere and and i crave that anytime i'm i'm in the city for too long i always feel like i need to uh to be more connected yeah decompress be connected to nature that's i love camping dude you know me yeah well we we both got got, yeah yeah we're both into it and now you have that all-wheel drive uh yeah i bought an all-wheel drive because of you're like hey there's there's trails you could go off road and it's not that bad and you don't have to because everything's booked when you start booking through things and well you don't want to be around a lot of people these days so with uh with having an all-wheel drive vehicle you can you can get out on these old uh these old forest roads Mm -hmm. and and just find a spot to to camp and you're super away from anyone what's the app called that you use i i like to use gaia gps um so what it is is on most on most of these uh these these apps like all trails for example you're looking at places that a lot of people like to go to and they review it and they send you pictures and that's great if you've never if you've never done any off-roading before because you can just filter it for an off-road spot and you can get to see a thousand reviews like you would on a yelp when you're trying to do a restaurant right yeah yeah but one of the one of the things that I want to do is I always want to try to get away from everyone. So with the Gaia GPS, there's no reviews. You just see a bunch of random forest roads. So you have to do a little bit of research. You have to go and Google some of these places to see, like, to find pictures. You have to do work. Yeah. And, and you, you try to look at little videos and pictures, whatever you can kind of find to kind of piece together. Is this a place that I'm even interested in going? And then if it is, you have to figure, okay, what do I need to bring with me? to be able to get out into these like middle of the nowhere spots so that I'm like, I can get to where I want to go, find a comfortable spot, be there for like three, four days. Um, so that usually means bringing water. Maybe like if I figured like there might be a chance that I could get stuck, what do I need to bring with me? So there's these things called max tracks. Um, if you're, if your car has ever gotten stuck in the sand, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about that it's your wheels are spinning, but you're not going anywhere. Right. And it's because your, your car can't get traction. You throw these like things called the max tracks um, slightly under your tires. You just kind of dig out a little bit, and it helps the tires get traction. Everybody thinks you need to spend like thousands and thousands of dollars to get like these these crazy trucks that you remember growing up mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a kid, seeing them with like these winches, all this different stuff. If you ever look really close at those crazy Jeeps, mm-hmm. a lot of times there's not a scratch on them. Nobody's ever used the, the any of the crap that's on those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I, I try to go in with like not super minimalist. Like I try to have at least some stuff on the truck. I got a I got a four wheel drive Tacoma. It, it it has some cool fancy buttons that can help me get out of some hairy spots. But you get these max tracks. Even if you get stuck in a random spot, you stick these things under. It helps you get traction. It's the same thing as sticking a wooden plank. Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm being fancy getting the max track. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I wanted to, I could just go get a few cheap pieces of lumber, um, throw them under the tire. It helps get pull you out of some random spot and then you're fine you just keep on going on your merry way how many way. times does that happen quite a few times i've only ever had to use the the track thing like once and and realistically what i kind of learned from a from a friend of mine that i went on a trail with is that i probably didn't actually need to even use the tracks so there's this thing called swaying where you just kind of go forward then go reverse go mm-hmm. forward go reverse and you can pull yourself backwards and then through momentum you just get yourself going a decent speed and you'll go right over a spot. Cause when you're going too slow, you'll get yourself stuck in like really soft spots. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, last winter at the end of winter, uh, I was going on some trails with a friend and the, one of the trails that we had planned on going on was blocked off. Cause they have these gates that you have to sometimes have keys or, uh, or, or they're just closed. 
um, a lot of times there's these these trails that are just completely wide open. Anybody can go down them, it, like you're on your own, right, to do whatever. Mm -hmm. But the one that we were gonna go on uh, was closed up, um, so we had to try to find some other trail. So I'm looking through that Gaia thing. I found another trail that wasn't too far away, and we get halfway down the trail, and it's all like covered in snow and ice. And we're like, okay, do we turn around? Or we keep on going, and and, uh, and I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm with a I'm with a buddy of mine. If if worse comes to worse. He'll help me get pulled out, or I'll help pull him out. So, mm -hmm. you know, the buddy system is not that bad. So we start going through, and the buddy, like, stops in the middle, and I'm like, oh, now he's fucked. He's going he's gonna to be stuck in the middle of this patch. So he started doing that swaying back and forth, got himself out of this, like, icy patch, kept on going. And I'm like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm not even going to let myself slow down. I'm just going to go straight through. Mm -hmm. And the back of the truck is going left and right. The front of the truck is kind of going left and right as I'm going through. But I'm still basically going straight. It was the best, man. It, it was fun. You just feel like a, you're a little kid on a, on on one of those old... Uh, do, do you remember, like, as a little kid going on, like, big wheels or going through, like, those big bike things that you're just... It doesn't get any traction. You're just kicking around left and right. And you're having a fucking amazing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that, but you're an adult doing it in a freaking four-wheel drive truck, having a blast um, going through. You're not destroying anything in nature because it's an existing road. Um, it's just mm -hmm. like barely a road because it's all dirt. There's no there's no pavement on it, um, all covered in ice. And you're getting through deeper and deeper into this forest, and you're seeing all this beautiful nature. Occasionally, you get to a spot that like is cool for you just to park your truck off the side, go exploring into the into the trees, just seeing what's out there. And, you probably and, got some good spots to go to, huh? Oh, I have lots of spots now. The The cool thing about... I just don't, like, fucking have... Well, I mean, I'm okay yeah. with it, but, like, taking the kids and my lady, having this shit in a bucket. Well, that's the thing. You just you <laughs> get a shovel. <laughs> yeah, shovel is an amazing thing. Digs a three-foot deep hole and mm -hmm. just do your business in there. I think I think she'd be... I think she just said she's down to do that. You know, it's just... Uh, being able to wash up and stuff like that, but I, I could, yeah. you know, I think when I, mean, I went, when I went on my vacation, dude, yeah, when I, I went to Vegas, yeah, I didn't take a shower in Vegas, yeah, you because probably, they only gave us yeah. like four towels, yeah, or no, they gave us five towels, but someone who I'm not going to mention any names decides they want to throw one of those towels on the floor to help them when they get out of the shower, and then someone took a bath. I think my daughter took a bath. Uh, so I didn't, I, I, I was, you know, I was in the pool. I was like, okay, well, at least I went in the pool. I was, so I didn't shower that day. We went to Zion. There's no showers over there. I was there for what? Three days. Those are some and, badass and then pictures, I drove, by the way. Yeah, dude. And then I drove back. We stayed at Valley Ranch. How, how deep did you get in the water? Cause you were, uh, um, it could go, it went up to my chest on some parts. Yeah. Cause I saw some of those pictures as you're wading through that, that river. And you look like you're having a blast. Who was in the picture with you? Which one of your kids? Uh, Abby. Abby, Abby was, was yeah, the, the the youngest. Yeah, yeah. she was right there. Uh, I was, I was, I'm proud of her. Yeah, she's eight, and she was able to like we did a first our first run when we first got there. Yeah, my buddy took us to this lookout, and my daughter was in front with his daughter. They had just met. Yeah, and, like they became my kids are good kids. They, yeah, they get along with anybody, and she they were like best friends. Like soon as they met and. They were leading us up this mountain where at one point it's wood, like a wooden plank. Yeah. And you're falling down hundreds of feet, three, four hundred feet. Yeah. And my eight year old, she's with, you know, my, my coworker, shout out to Jay. Uh, 
leading the pack, and she's not scared, and she's boom, boom, boom. She be, I was out of breath. Yeah. I was hung over too from Vegas, and you know I was on, I was on a big rampage, and I'm, there's no excuses, but I was like, fuck, you know, this is pretty tough. How am I going to do the narrows tomorrow? But the next day, I was I was fucking primed, and and it was a, it, it was a it, it was an easy walk. It's just hard because there's rocks everywhere. But it it recharges you. It makes you not think about everything else. One of the things that I've loved about surfing or even snowboarding, is that when you're actually in the thick of it, you can't think of anything that's stressing you out about work. You can't think about anything else that's going on in your life. You're only focused on whatever's in, right front, of in you, front of you. Yeah, and that's a reset button. That's that's a natural reset button. You it's it's the most natural thing you can get yet very few people take advantage of it and there and a lot of people are afraid of being out in the wilderness because of the wild animals right mm-hmm. but when you're out there did you have any wild animals fuck with you or uh, mess with we you heard or some weird shit at night we were yeah. uh using the restroom for everybody went to bed me and jay yeah he recorded it it sounded yeah. weird but you know I, I always take me i mean i i, I don't know about you but i always roll with something on my side you know just yeah. you, i don't know you Never know. I mean, I'm not you even thinking do, about yeah. animals, but I'm thinking about human beings. You know, people. I'm more worried ner- about people. I, I'd be nervous. Yeah. Like you're going out there where there's no station where you could hit the uh, the, the park ranger. Or there, there's no help. There's no help. You're something, out, whatever. something happens. Like there's no help, and like there's. I mean, there's weirdos out there. I don't know. You know, if they're out there lurking, and and, and that's the one thing that cares. The animals. I'm not. I'm not scared about animals. I'm yeah. more scared about people. Like. Because you could probably get away with a lot of shit out there, dude. Bury some bodies and no one would ever find them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, you don't think like that. You, you, yeah. You're more of, you know, let's enjoy it. Well, the, the thing is, you would hear, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you would hear if anybody's coming anywhere near you. Just because there's no noises, there's no nothing. Just super natural. quiet, huh? It's, it's so peaceful. And the animals don't mess with you. They, I mean, as long as you're good about putting your food away and everything else... And even even if they do, it's like what somebody gets at, like some animal gets access to your 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 bag of chips that you shouldn't have. You want the other bottle? Yeah, yeah sure. Just crack it open. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm I'm pretty good about putting away the stuff, and I mean, you're not completely in the middle of nowhere. It is like near a road, so occasionally there's going to be somebody driving by, and and the cool thing about the the people that are into into going on these trails in the middle of nowhere is that that most of those people are they're always willing to help you if if you needed help they'd help pull you out they're not there to go hang out with you though or anything they just they want they they want the same thing that you do they just want to kind of be out there and do their own thing but they don't want anybody to have a bad experience um in the like it's called overlanding when you're just like using your truck to get out there because as as all of us are getting older, we don't want to hike as much as we used to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's still like a dope feeling to be hiking out there, but you get to get out farther than you would have normally just hiking on your own, just like without any help of a vehicle. But you're not really being trying to be out there only in the vehicle the whole entire time. It would kind of defeat the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So the it's called overlanding is like the general nickname for it. So if anybody wanted to look that kind of stuff up, um, if you're... If you're a little apprehensive about jumping into something like that, there's all these different organizations and groups that are out there that'll kind of help take care of you, get you set up and everything, just for like a rental of like a weekend. We gotta plan a trip, man. We should plan one. We should plan one soon. Ah, uh, man, all my podcasts are on Sunday. I gotta, 
Actually, we yeah, I gotta it. figure we, we, it well, out. We could do I think pod- after episode yeah. fifty-two, but it might yeah. be too cold. Well, it's, it gets colder as long as uh, the snow isn't out yet. It will be fine. So I don't want to go through October. Anyway, too hardcore because I don't want to scratch out my brand new car, dude. That's why we got to throw some rap. I know on the side. we got to do raps. Yeah, because then the rap, the rap. You were telling me up. everything. Do this, do that, and I was like, looking. I was like, fuck. I want to do it all now, dude. We could Let's do. It. We could try to do a, a a very ghetto rap on our own. All we have to do is go pick up like a twenty dollar heat gun from uh, from Harbor Freight, and and just kind of cut up some stuff on the sides because you're really just worried about the sides. You're not trying to care about the top part of the car. It's just uh, wild brush and stuff. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I love camping, dude, and I agree with you. It is a, a reset, and Zion National Park was probably the, the, our biggest camp trip yet. How did your kids like it? Oh, they loved it. Oh, we, we go camping. We've, yeah. we've done a lot of camping trips. And uh, over the years, every every time we go camping, we get something else. We yeah. buy something. We buy something. We buy something. You still got to get so that now, rooftop tent, though. Yeah, the rooftop tent. Well, I wanted to get that, but I was like, uh, I'm going to put a roof, uh, one of those uh, storage racks on top. Yeah, because yeah. we need more room because there's five of us. If it was just me and my lady, yeah, I, I would go your route. But because I got a dude. When we went on this trip, you should say how much luggage came. they came back with. Well, they have they have uh, rooftop tents that you can actually put stuff on top of them because they're hard shelled, not like really? yeah, not like soft shell ones. And all you're really worried about is just extra bags, right? So not not more than like a hundred pounds, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could throw something like that on top of those. Um, yeah, the other, no more, no more. The, the other part is if you do a full length roof rack just for the front of the vehicle and the back of the vehicle, so the, across the whole length, the, that rooftop thing, it's just it's comfortable, man. You don't have to worry about inflating the tent, all that other stuff. The kids can uh, can have like the normal ground tents so they have their space, but then you're up in like a four star hotel, man, up on the top of your car, just kind of chilling. And it's, it's nice because. One of the things that I don't necessarily like is bringing all the the extra gear when I'm doing backpacking, to to make the ground a little bit more comfortable. That's the thing that kind of bugs me more now than it used to when when I was younger. Before, I would just throw a for the longest time. I used to actually just throw a sleeping bag on the ground without a, a mattress. Then eventually, I I got one of those little foam things, and then sometimes I'd get uh, if I really want to be fancy, they have these slightly inflatable little mats they're a, a bit more comfortable than getting those foam ones but it's all extra space you're trying to carry when you're backpacking i um uh i guess a couple years now i had done half dome and and when you're doing that hike up half dome yosemite yeah 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 yosemite um we did half dome and i climbed up the top mm-hmm. of, of half dome and it was is freaking amazing, but then you get back and you want to just be comfortable because your your body is exhausted. You do that all in one day. Some people, I guess, might try to mm-hmm. to find some spot in between to camp, but it's it's not long enough to do something like that. And then I had done uh, uh, Mount Whitney. Mount Whitney, I camped halfway or maybe a little more than halfway to the peak, and you, I was camping in the snow. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was camping in the snow, and I, I was fine. I had a so that's the thing. Like you were saying that you don't want to be camping in the middle of winter, but they make they make uh, sleeping bags that you can get that are down to like oh, yeah, yeah, like zero. I've degrees. camped in the rain. Yeah, it's pretty it's, cold. It's cold, but like, well, if you get a nice sleeping bag, it doesn't even feel freaking cold. 
that's the that's the nice thing about a really well-made sleeping bag. But you don't have to spend a ton of money. There's a company called Hike and Bike. You can get their stuff on Amazon. It's these two these two engineers that they decided to make certain camping equipment like sleeping bags, mm-hmm. um, just for fun. They wanted to see if they could do it as a challenge to themselves. They didn't mm-hmm. want to deal with shipping and all that other stuff. So what they do is they make all these different uh, sleeping bags that they engineered to copy, not copy, but actually kind of improve upon existing designs that were from more expensive sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. But they're uh, they get these made. They have Amazon deal with all the distribution of it. And then what ends up happening from there is they're they're making a little bit of money on the side, but they're not trying to become millionaires from this. Um, it's just something fun for them to do. You get and by the way, I, I, I don't know these guys personally or anything. It's just something that I, I've read about them. Mm-hmm. I was interested in kind of trying out one of their bags. Have you tried any of them out yet? Yeah. I when I did Mount Whitney I was using one of the hike and bike uh fifteen degree bags. And and it got to it got to probably near 15 but it wasn't at 15 so when you see these temperature ratings i don't know if you know any of this stuff and it might be boring to everyone but um it's basically whatever temperature you get it's designed to for you not to die at that temperature so if it gets to 15 degrees you're not going to (laughs) freeze to death it's not made to say that you're going to be you're going to at, at, you're gonna be super comfortable at 15 mm. degrees. You're just not gonna die at 15 degrees. So these ones, they they kind of overestimated a little bit. So it was snowing. Um, I was camping in the um, in in like one of the one of the areas that you just find on the way up there, mm. and I was actually nice and toasty. But my friends had uh, other sleeping bags that weren't designed to be in those temperatures. And they just thought that they would layer up with jackets and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what people don't understand about those kinds of sleeping bags is it's made to reflect your your heat, your body heat back to you. But once you start putting Put on layers, on, it's still it, cold. Yeah, yeah, because you're keeping you're you're basically sweating in in all these layers that you're wearing, and it's not reflecting any heat back. It's not reflecting shit back. Um, oh. So you actually want to be like in just like a single layer of something. Because I have be I have Eddie Bauer sleeping yeah. bags and, and yeah. they're legit. I mean, yeah. Brit, actually, Brit, my lady's dad had. I mean, that's how old they are. Yeah, Brit's, I mean, my lady's dad got them. Yeah, and we use them, and, or maybe we did buy them. They're Eddie ba- Bauer. Bauer. Yeah. Anyways, I've noticed that yeah, over you, the years of camping, I'm like, oh, I'll wake up sweating. Like now, I just open it up and and like and Zion. Right? I just yeah, I just have a shirt and yeah. and, and shorts and, and, and that's and what, cool. That's all you're really supposed but it to does, wear. So it reflects it. It just reflects your body heat back to you. You. So actually, if I'm sweating, it's just reflecting the sweat back to me. Yeah, Go basically. Yeah. yeah, it's acting like a giant sponge, man, which you don't want it to do because yeah. it'll make you colder. So you don't wear layers. You just you you make sure to get the right temperature bag so in the spots that you've gone like you said you're not trying to go in really cold weather so you don't need to have anything probably bigger than better than a 50 degree or a 30 degree and then you just you just wear one layer of whatever and you're not going to sweat a bunch you're just going to be reflecting so how many different sleeping bags do you have i have two sleeping bags i feel like those are the only two i really need i have that 15 degree uh hike and bike one Mm -hmm. which you can find on amazon total plug for that that company if they want to sponsor me yeah no sponsor me (laughs) And uh, and you can find them on Amazon, and then just get this mad deal. And there's always coupons for it, so um, I have that one for when it's really cold weather. But most of the time, I have this this cheap Walmart bag that was a uh, what is it? Ozark is the Walmart yeah, brand, right? Yeah. Ninety yeah. percent of the stuff that you need to go camping, 
Is that it, Walmart? Is it Walmart for super cheap? You don't need to spend a bunch of money. I have this thirty degree bag I've had for about five or six years. It packs down to uh, like maybe a foot tall and like half a foot wide. It's just like super tiny, and and a lot of times I've just kept it in the back of my in the back of my truck, and whether I'm like camping it or camping, um, if I crash at a friend's house or something. I'll just grab out the sleeping bag and I, I basically I know that this is clean because I'm, I'm I have it. You don't use inflatable uh, mattresses when you we camp. I do now. I well I have in the past. Right now I have the rooftop um, tent that you helped me put on the back of the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing has a a three inch foam mattress in there. Oh, that's like a right. Me- it does. A, huh? It's a memory foam, so I never have to do anything. I throw on uh, I throw on clean sheets on it. Um, put some blankets on the top. I don't even need to use a sleeping bag when I'm in that thing. Um, when I would be doing some backpacking and just have the 30 degree bag, like in most California areas, I could just use that 30 degree bag and be comfortable all day long in a, in a normal, uh, just like backpacking tent. Mm-hmm. Throw that on there. Um, before I used to, I've had different types of inflatable mattresses and, and you just sleep in that and then you're good. What do you do when you're out there? Out of nowhere, you're middle middle of nowhere. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, do you go hiking? Well, hanging out. I mean, obviously you re, you're resetting. Yeah, I'm There's resetting. That, are, I, are there hiking trails? You have to make your own hiking trail. Well, like, I figured I figure in general where I want to hike at, but I'm I'm pretty good about being observant. So one of the things that camping teaches you is to really know your settings. So I on everybody has a phone these days right yeah and so, do you get do you get reception out there well on google you can down i always try to download the maps for the area i'm going to be in so you can okay. do what's called offload uh offline maps and you download that when you still have reception like at home mm-hmm. so you know the general area you're going to be at you don't have to know the trails you're going to go on or any of those things but you download these offline maps and even when you're not getting reception um you can actually see exactly where you're at. So I always like to drop a pin where I'm like, I have my, mm-hmm. my tent at or something. And then I just go hike around. But but one of the best things about camping is eating, right? Like, you, you're you a fucking amazing uh, barbecue <laughs> connoisseur. Hey, thank you. Yeah, well, can you say that chef. again? <laughs> you're, you're an amazing uh, chef with the barbecue. You, I try my best. Yeah. And and one of the great things about doing camping is, is the meals. People put this as like the last thing on the list for some reason. They're like, oh, I, I'm just trying to stay sustained. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm, I'm trying to eat like a king and, and be yeah. comfortable. Enjoy it. What do you do? Like bury your food? Put some coals in? You can. And bury it and go hiking, come back and dig it up? Well, what I do is I, uh, if I if I have a good amount of food in my bag, what you can do is you can just throw it up a tree and nothing's really going to grab it, right? Okay. Um, but most of the time I, I carry a small enough um, – like sell of it basically in the back of uh, the the bag and i know exactly what i want to do i ended up buying uh uh what did they call those things a dehydrator a dehydrator have you ever heard of those uh i've heard of it okay so a dehydrator what you do is you throw in anything you want uh you leave it in there for like a day or two mm-hmm. and what it does is at a low temperature basically pulls all the moisture out of the food mm-hmm. so i i love cooking i just think it's fun oh yeah and when i know what ingredients i want to use I just throw it in the dehydrator, and I don't have to have anything uh, refrigerated. It's just all the moisture is out, so all I have to do is just make sure I have enough water on me or that there's some water source nearby that I can filter the water and then that I have enough to re- Do you usually go it. camping by water sources? I try to find water sources near me or at least So we're looking sure. at streams, lakes? Yeah, streams, lakes. Well, not usually lakes. Usually if there's some kind of streams that are nearby, 
because oh. um, lakes are usually like more sitting water. So when you're looking to see where I'm going to camping, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to go, let's try this area. I want to go somewhere where there's close to a stream or a creek. Yeah. Unless Pretty I'm in cool. the, yeah, unless I'm, unless I'm in the truck, then it kind of doesn't matter because I can bring as much water as I want in the yeah. truck. But f- when you're doing backpacking, you want to you want to make sure that if you run out of water, you can get water somewhere. Zion National Park, we we had the river right next to us. Yeah, and it's and if you follow that, it'll take you all the way to the Narrows. But it's crazy, dude. You could hang out in there and and you can find lots of offshoots. People don't people are only offshoots trying to fall, like yeah. offshoot waterfalls too. Be, offshoots, lots of stuff. Yeah, really. There, yeah, there's tons of different little things, and not even just in Zion, even near here in Orange that, County. Yeah, yeah. There, um, I'm trying to think of that one. I'm just using yeah. Zion because yeah, yeah. that's my recent yeah yeah camping trip. You know. Yeah, there's um. I'm trying to think of the name of uh, of a few spots like uh, Black Star, for example. Black Star Canyon has a little waterfall over there. Really? Yeah. Where's that at? Uh, I'd have to look on the map, but it's Black Star's. Uh, do you know where Cook's Corners at? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not too far not from too there. Not too far from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you you just park somewhere and then you just kind of follow these trails going through. There's. Uh, do you ever park your car and then go hike in to go camp? I have, I have, I've, yeah. I've heard people do that, but they come back and their cars are fucking broken into and everything. Yeah, that's gone. that's the thing about being in Orange County or in LA County. Does somebody they, they do that? Right, well, somebody nobody's car, yeah, they but park nobody their car and hike. They go. That that's the best way to do it over there. I mean, a lot of times when when I I'm gonna go camping somewhere, I try to be out of like SoCal really if I can. Well, like LA and Orange County and Riverside type of thing. So, but there's uh. There, there's a bunch of these hiking trails in the San Jacinto Mountains, and you can just park your truck up there off of one of these little trails and then just kind of hike in deeper, and there's lots of cool spots. But you should know where you're going. You should make sure that you have extra so when you pin drop, So when you pin drop where you're at, yeah. if there's no reception, obviously. There's no, yeah. You can't call anybody. You can go on your phone and see the pin, and and then your find phone, a spot back. Will yeah. your phone tell you how to get there? Or well, you just... I can see the the easiest trail to go back. So, what one when you're just learning how to do this, you have to really pay attention what what altitude you're at because you have um, terrain. Basically, you know how like yeah. nothing's flat. So there's little markers on your maps that say like where the altitude is, like if it's so many hundreds of feet above water, below water levels, and then it, and then it goes higher. So obviously you don't want to constantly be having to hike up stuff. So you want to find things that that seems like it's a nice, smooth, like general, like a or gradual hike up or hike down somewhere because you have to go back up or down wherever from where you started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always know where i started at so i can get back there isn't it i mean you're you're backing yourself up right for yeah, safety yeah. yeah doing all that but i've gone on hikes where like three hour hikes in the middle of the night fucked yeah. up <laughs> and find my way back to campground like six seven in the morning you just but you just trails, i mean yeah. some people don't have that sense of direction yeah you know where they need that like the pin drop i mean i would still do that if i'm going out there no where, i but, I just uh, I just try to know where I'm at. So let's say I don't literally do a pin drop because people least, do get lost, right? Oh, people get lost all the time. There was a guy in San Diego a couple months ago. He was actually a friend of one of my cousins, and he was uh, taking a bunch of these dirt bike back road trails. And I'm I'm guessing he got really lost because they found his body. Um, I want to say like four or five days later, he just kept on going down different trails, different trails, and then at some point he just couldn't find his way back. I'm guessing, 
but he didn't have enough water. He probably didn't – if he would have had uh, the maps downloaded onto his phone and, and just been constantly aware of, like, where his gas levels were at, he would have been able to get back. But but when when you're going down trails, you do have to keep in mind, like, know where you're at, know where you are going to try to go to in the general sense. If you keep on going down a bunch of different trails, it's a giant maze. You're going to get lost. Um, I – I try to look for landmarks. So when you're going down a trail, have you ever seen on trees, you'll see like a little ribbon that's tied? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so those are called uh, breadcrumbs or uh, markers. And you use that so that you know the trails. Like when you're going deeper and deeper, you leave these things so that they're little markers that you know how to get back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've, you've heard the story of Hansel and Gretel where they, mm-hmm. they were leaving uh, little Bread breadcrumbs. Crumbs, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same, same idea. You have to figure out how to get back because you always figure like, I want to come back at a certain point, so you just have to know how to mark it in a way. Because I was, I was camping back in, I think I want to say February, up in the mountains, and I found a really cool spot that I parked the truck. Nobody was anywhere nearby. Um, it was like one of these little off-road trails, right? Parked the truck, set up my camp, and I just kept on hiking deeper and deeper into this beautiful friggin' forest that was up over in the San Jacinto Mountains, and I. I just kept on like just going deeper and deeper and it was gorgeous. You could, there was no footprints anywhere, no trails anywhere. Um, and then it opens up into this giant uh, meadow, which is like a big grassy area, yeah, yeah. like a bunch of random rock. And I was just finding cool spots and just like kind of snacking. Um, like we're talking about the food stuff. I, I had a bunch of food in my bag. So I'd, I'd stop somewhere, read a book for a little bit. By yourself. Up, yeah. By myself. You've gone camping by yourself. I've gone camping by myself. That's uh, dope. But, I want to do that. Yeah, dude. yeah. Um, People would be all crazy if I do that. But yeah. you're like, yeah, right. You're gonna yeah, go yeah. camping. I bet. Well, the cool thing of the cool thing was uh, with my girl. She she does this stuff on her own, probably even more than I do. She goes camping on her own. She'll she'll park her car. And Who just your lady? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, totally. She she she's been doing this for years, and it's and it's awesome because that's one thing that we kind of bond on. We've done a lot of trips um, together. But you do, but you guys are, do it separate too. Yeah, we do it separate too. And wow. so I had, so we recently had dinner with my brother and his wife, right? And 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 my my brother's wife was really intrigued by this because she thought that, like, when we go on camping trips, she's like, oh, like making the the thought that that you two are probably together the whole entire time. I'm like, no, 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 we're both up there to decompress. We're we're going for the same goal of just kind of relaxing and letting go. But you like, okay, you have a really good relationship with your wife, but yeah. do you guys want to be together like 24 seven? No, no. You, guys need, you guys need space. I, I've, I've, right? I've learned because I, I would, there were times where I'd call her when I'm at work and we talk, but now the kids are in, in school and she's helping them. I stopped calling her I mean, last couple yeah. weeks. I stopped doing it. Uh, I heard a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Recently, and, and these guys, they travel. They're comedians. They travel, and they go away. And they'd come home, and they bring that same energy to the household. Yeah. You know, with the kids, the wife. Yeah. They, you know, I could get it. I get it, right? Picking them up. Yeah, let's go. We're going to go to we're gonna go dinner. No, I'm going to cook dinner. No, we're good, babe. We're going to go out to dinner. And you mess up her whole routine. Yeah. And what she has. And I've learned over time. I was like, okay, she let her run this. Let me do this, and and that is our decompress. Yeah. And then I come home, she talks my ear off, and I drink yeah. beer, and I just look at her. <laughs> you know what I mean? But going camping, 
I can relate. Like it, it was decompressing for me. Uh, you know, it, my, and it, it, some people got to learn like, Hey, yeah. this is, this is, we're here as a family, but we're decompressing amongst ourselves. Yeah. And how we're on your own, we're packing them, yeah. our bags yeah. before the, the, the hike and I'm getting my stuff. I'm trying to help the kids, but I'm also trying to teach them like, yeah. Hey, get your water pack ready. Hey, put a snack in here, do this, you know, where's your knife and this and hooking my lady up, getting her, you know, her, her drink, whatever she needs, you know, to, yeah, you know, could, for the trip. But there yeah, was but, times where she was like, you didn't help me. You didn't grab my hand, but we were going through the certain areas. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a trail just like you. And like, everybody's I'm, on I'm their decompr- own journey. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm decompressing yeah. on my own and I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it wasn't like I was doing it on purpose, but I'm, we're on this we're on a journey together but we're not together yeah and and it's funny like all of us are trying to figure out what our path is our road and even if you're doing it as a group we're all having these different paths that are kind of going yeah. and we have and to the be, narrows yeah we're all going different yeah areas. yeah yeah, but in, in every trip that you take, like, you notice, like, everybody slightly does their own thing. And you get together for, like, dinner and, like, maybe, like, some, like, random mm-hmm. stuff, like, when you guys were doing the Narrows. But then there's spots that you're, like, um, like, maybe Isaac wanted to go and, like, just go explore a little bit. Like, you don't try to, like, say, no, 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 you have to wait for all of us, right? You let him go do his thing. Same mm-hmm. thing with Abby, right? Yeah. They yeah. They, they, they kept walking. I go, and, okay, don't go too yeah. far, yeah. you know, but. And, and how was Zayla with all this stuff, too? Was she, was, she, was she pretty chill uh, man, with that? I, I, I'm mostly worried about Abby because she was yeah. eight. And there was yeah. times where I had to go and grab her and pick her up and, and go through certain areas. Yeah. But for the most part, she did it like a champ. Yeah. Okay, I did, was impressed. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. I, I felt for the first time, not the first time in my life, but yeah. I felt like a proud, proud dad. Like, yeah. damn, hell yeah. Look at dude. We're doing this. I didn't do yeah. this growing up with my family. Yeah. I went camping with like when I was in the Royal Rangers, which yeah. is a – a knockoff of the Boy Scouts. I, I was in Indian Guides, which is a knockoff too. Like it was supposed to be like for pops and their sons to to bond. Yeah, I my remember. dad went camping. I think yeah. once. Yeah, uh, with us. But I I grew up camping because I would go to I, I went to a, a church uh, retreat when I was younger. It was for boys, and we were camping. Uh, I was gone for fucking seven days. Yeah, and that's what. Click me in the camping, like being but, out in the wilderness. So when you think back to that memory, doesn't it make you feel empowered? Like you're, you're there and you're like in theory from anybody else's outside perspective that maybe has never gone camping. They'll think that it's a super scary experience. And maybe it does feel scary for a little while at first. But then you realize like I'm in charge of myself. I have to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I like, yes, you have a family. Yes, you're born into this life because of other people. Mm-hmm. But really, you're out here on your own. You're in charge of your own like survival. You, you do whatever you want. Yeah, but then you don't feel alone necessarily. You actually feel empowered. And and that, those thoughts. I used to. Yeah. I, I talked about this last couple podcasts ago about being alone. I I used to need when I was younger. You know, in my twenties. I needed people to be around me. Yeah. Now that I'm older, you know, being a UPS driver too, I'm, I'm by myself a lot. I've, I've experienced both sides. Yeah. And there's something that being alone does to you. You know, it could either, it could either, you know, you could be the, the enemy of, of, of yourself and, and constantly thinking of things and going, that's da, 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 da. or you could think positive and, and you could, you know, concentrate on being a, a better person. Uh, 
physically, spiritually, mentally. And I've learned it's almost like a, a form of meditating when you're by yourself. Well, it is. So, so a lot of times when I go surfing, well, not a lot of times, but when I'm out there surfing, sometimes there's just no waves. It's just the way it, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes you're going to get some good stuff. Sometimes you're going to get some bad stuff. But when I'm out there, I don't feel bad about the days that there's just no waves out there. I actually like floating. I feel like it's my meditation. And and it's it's amazing. But even when you go surfing with quote-unquote friends or like buddies that you just go surfing with, you're super spaced apart. You're not talking most of the time. I mean, you're talking every now and again. Or if I just go out there by myself, I don't feel alone. It it allows you to let your mind really just process. How old think, were you when you started realizing that? Like, fuck, I need yeah. to get away. I think I kept on trying to get away um, at a young age, but I didn't know what I was doing. You don't know what you're doing. I, now I you get it. You're like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, like I didn't know why I was doing it. I thought maybe I, I – I don't know. I think part of me when I was younger, I thought – there was maybe something wrong with me that I just liked being alone a little bit more than I liked being with other people. Like I, I, I grew up in a very Filipino household mm-hmm. that like every week you're getting together with family. You're constantly like You're bombarded. Filipino. Yeah, mixed Filipino, uh, Mexican, Basque. I have a little Native American in there. Oh. Yeah, and but, but like in my family, like we were mostly around the Filipino side growing. You know, like every every family, yeah. especially that's mixed. There's like gonna be one prominent side that you're around the most. So what'd you eat a lot of Filipino oh, food? A lot, yeah, lumpia, pancit. Yeah. We used to make that stuff all the time at the house. Um, and it's and it's like those certain cultural things you bring. But the big one of the biggest things, I think, in both like Hispanic and Filipino families is like you just keep on having a lot of extended family constantly around you, right? Mm-hmm. So you you never really feel like you get to be alone and sometimes some people get very dependent on on just always being around like family or friends or whatever and sometimes it was just a little too much for me like i would just kind of wander off and i'd I'd be gone for a while and then to get in trouble so you know like you you get that message in the back of your mind that like there's something wrong like why do you keep on needing to not be around people because like everybody's supposed to be around people all the time at least that's that's the message that i used to feel huh Yeah, that's a that's a that that's deep. Uh, being, you know, people will call people like that loners. Yeah. But now that I'm older, now I, I I get it. Some people some people mature faster than others, and being there's times where I don't want to go where there's a party, a wedding, because I know if I show up, I, I got to show up. Yeah, you know? but even even then, like I. So, like, being in that family setting all the time, you learn how to be kind of respectful and playing yeah. your part. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, doing the stuff mm-hmm. that you feel like you're supposed to do so mm-hmm. that you, you're the, the, the good guest, right? Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I did all my pleasantries, sometimes I would just wander off. Even at, like, uh, there was a lot of family weddings that were kind of in these big outdoor areas, right? Mm-hmm. So I do the thing, like, hugging all the relatives, saying hi to all the friends. And then, like, after, like, it was, like, a spot that I could kind of just, like, dip out for a little while. Just go explore. Just go somewhere else. And you don't even bounce a smoke. You don't smoke or do anything, man. Yeah. (laughs) Usually people go say hi to everybody, the tias, the ninos. Yeah, yeah. And um, And they bounce at the final spot. They go smoke out. 
Yeah, yeah. For me, I just... You just chill. fucking chill. Yeah, so, like, okay, I remember specifically there was... Uh, in high school, I had a lot of I had a lot of close friends that were like skaters and and uh, and and just popular friends, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were always having parties all the time. But one friend in particular, what high school was this? Can you say it? Ah, uh, did we the, go to the same high school? We did not go to the same okay. high school. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but at the high school, like uh, what you call it? Um, one of one of my friends. Her her parents would dip out to Mexico every summer. They'd take off like uh, whatever whatever the last like week of school was or last couple weeks of school. Um, they would take off and then they wouldn't come back till the end of summer. So they're gone for a few months, right? Mm-hmm. And she was the youngest. Her her older two siblings had already moved out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. And she had all these records that her brother had left. Tons of freaking records. And her parents had a pool. And they were always afraid of her drowning, so they dumped all the water out of the pool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. It was hilarious. And then there was like this little back pool room that had a pool table and crap ton of alcohol everywhere because the family used to like to have a lot of parties. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they dip out, she would go with like a little like dryer waste marker or some kind of a marker, mm-hmm. something like a mark where all the alcohol was at. Mm-hmm. And um, she would and- fill it back with water. So she fell about something. I never really paid attention to what she did, but I knew she was always marking where everything was at because she knew her parents were going to try to check. So she'd, she'd mark where everything was at, and during the summer, everybody would be drinking, right? And they're having parties. So I remember me, her, and a few other close friends, like the core group of friends, we'd be like sitting in the bottom of the pool having conversations. All these people are partying up on the top. People are sometimes skating in the pool around us, and we're just sitting in these chairs just chilling, just hanging out, feeling like kings, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, kind of joking about like, cause I didn't, I didn't really smoke or drink when I was in high school. So I, before I came to the party, I'd always, I'd always stop at a seven 11 that wasn't too far from her house. Mm-hmm. And I'd go pick up a frozen pizza, like one of those little, uh, what are they called? Tostitos or something like that? Uh, the taquitos or something like that. Something. Ta- yeah. Uh, it, just the cheapest, like super cheap pizza. Like it was awful. Probably the taquitos. Yeah. Taquitos. Okay. Taquitos. So I'd, I'd get one of those things, throw it in her freezer. I'd grab a um, like one of the you know like when you're Seven Eleven, they have those really big like one liter of uh, of uh, of uh, iced tea. There you go. Mm-hmm. And so I'd grab that and I'd be drinking it. And I didn't realize this, but a lot of my friends after high school they they would joke with me about that. They're like, "What'd you really have in there?" I'm like. No, I really just had iced tea in there. They're like, oh, we always thought you had something else, like kind of mixed in there or oh. something. Yeah, you because know? we'd always see you at the parties. Hey, with one that. time, one yeah. time, uh, we had a get together after high school. It was a few years later after we all graduated. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say say any names, but someone in high school was, you know, we, high school we partied, ditching yeah, yeah. parties, smoking, yeah. drinking. We're we're partying, no heavy drugs at that time, but we're yeah. you know we're wild child, you know. Yeah. And years later, this person that was a big party animal, you know, set the tone. It's fucking the all-star on the football team. And and he had a brown bag yeah, with the bottle in it. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, he's drinking some, like, wine or something. I'm thinking, because I'm, I'm in college. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I'm about to graduate. Life is good. I'm working hard. I got money in the bank, and we're doing good, and, and I'm – you know, kicking it with people from high school I haven't seen in years. He's got a brown bag. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's drinking some, like, moonshine or something. Yeah. And at one point, I pulled it out of the bag because I wanted to see what he was drinking. You know what it was? What? It was an Old Duels 
Seriously? Yeah, it was an old duels. I go, what? What are you? What? And everybody started clowning, laughing. He was like, oh, I can't drink anymore, dude. You know, I'm all shot out, you know. See diabetic, all that, all that good stuff at, at such a young age. So it's understandable. But uh, it, so I, you I, need to do that. So I was the reason that I didn't drink when I was in high school is um, I, I grew up with a really alcoholic grandfather, um, and I wasn't like saying going back to like uh, the whole uh, being around family all the time. It, I mean, it, it it wears on you. I constantly had to like because my grandpa would get so drunk, he'd get in arguments and angry and and all sorts of stuff, right? So as a kid. I was constantly having I didn't even like think about it. I would go and hide his alcohol from him. He would come to my parents' house or whatever with like um like a 12 pack of beer, not even a six pack, like a 12 pack of like whatever the cheapest beer Knock was. It back. He'd finish the whole thing. Fuck He'd finish yeah, the no whole problem. thing. Yeah, like nothing. And all dudes, I know dudes that work 18 packs every yeah. night. What's up? Dude, and and it and it gets old, right? So like nobody else is it doing does. anything. It does. Eventually you start drinking the bottle. Dude, like, I mean, he, well, he, he, he did all sorts of stuff. I mean, I, I've had, I've had deep conversations. I'm lucky that my grandfather's still around, but he, like, he doesn't know that I did this, but I used to pull out, like, when he wasn't paying attention, I'd grab the beers, go hide them in the house. Um, I used to let out the air in his tires because I was convinced he's going to go kill somebody on the way home. Like, not intentionally, obviously, but you're driving home drunk. He's like all over the place. I'm like, I didn't want, I didn't want him to die. I didn't want anybody else. And to he's die, still right? alive today. He's still alive today. Yeah. He's, he's outlived all of his family members. And How he, old is he? Uh, he's like 90. Holy shit. Is he still knocking them back? No, he finally decided to chill out like a couple years ago. He's but he like, still does. I bet drink some beers. Uh, he, well, he, he'll have a drink of something every now and again, but he's actually very chill now. He, uh, he's finally like completely sobered up. He, uh, like when we've had conversations, yeah. he, 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 he saw some pretty tough shit, like to kind of like on his defense, he was in the military at a young age. He Did he lost, serve World War II? He was in the Korean War. That, that was after World War II. That was after World War yeah, II. Yeah, my so, grandpa served in World War II and he died yeah. at like 58. Like, Well, they saw young. some tough shit, man. Like my grandpa had to carry his best friend's headless body back, um, like in a skirmish that he was convinced that because him and his buddy were ethnic. They basically had to provide the the fire coverage so that everybody and he's, else could he's leave. Filipino. No, no, this is uh this is my Mexican grandfather. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so your mom's Filipino. Yeah, my mom's half Filipino, and then my dad's like mixed Basque, uh, okay. which is like the area between Spain, France, like and yeah, and, I think uh, that's where I'm yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's uh, have you done the twenty three and Me? I have not. No. Me either. Somebody said they're looking for the 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 true DNA, dude. The Adam and Eve DNA. And, once they take it, they store it, and uh, you know, knows, they do man. whatever they want with it. Next yeah. thing you know, there's 20 of you walking around, and you don't even know it. Okay, so do you want to hear something trippy about that? There was an article recently that that this doctor, like he's 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 almost getting to retirement age now, I think, if, if he hasn't retired already. But when he was in college, he was just a poor college student, right? Mm-hmm. So um, he donated some sperm to this bank. They told him, like, maybe at the most ever, you're going to have, like, maybe – like five kids with your genetic mm-hmm. information, right? Um, and so, like, when they do these bios, I guess, they, like, whoever you're donating, they ask you to put all this information on there. So he was putting that he's a medical student. He has, uh, like, perfect health. His family had perfect health. Nobody's died of, like, cancer, anything like that, right? Mm-mm. So do you think everybody's going to probably go want to have this guy, right? As, as, like, the potential Sperm father. Donor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as the potential Didn't father. Did he have, like, 24? No, no. Dude, so so far they found something like yeah, like twenty five 
25 or 30 kids that have come forward so he somebody gave him one of those like 23 and me things and then all of a sudden they uh or the ancestors.com or whatever it was yeah 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 like all these things lit up and he said like within like a week the first like kid that he had like uh had wasn't there a video or a, a thing about it there like, was a no there, that was the um have you ever seen uh walking tall no i haven't um what's the there's a, a there, that's like the, the rock in there right the johnny cash johnny cash okay okay yeah yeah uh and they do a funny film about him and in the end it shows like he has like like 500 kids dude yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but that that's what happened he he he's actually has a a lawsuit against the company that yeah he had donated because he he was saying that like this this girl like she's like first of all i want to thank you i'm not asking anything from you she's just like um you came up as a match so i'm guessing you weren't like my she's like i didn't know that that my parents had gotten sperm a sperm donor um and um and and then they told me later on so then she's like that's the only reason that i did this thing you think it's you think it's is, is if it you ethical? do like look at if yeah, it, yeah is it ethical to tell that person hey you're not our DNA you're someone else's DNA. Well, he said he struggled with that. He said he sat on it for like a day or who? so. The guy who donated. Yeah, stuff? yeah. He said he he struggled with it for a day or two before he decided if he wanted to even respond back. But then he's like, he kept on thinking like if if he was if he was that girl, um, like is he's like he he like he biologically like his he he had a kid from a previous relationship i think and then his current wife he has like two kids and he's like he's like once you're a parent I, i'm not a parent so i don't know how this works exactly i i can assume right mm-hmm. but he's like you you get overfilled with emotion like when you think about your kids you want to do like whoever they are you want to do something R- for them regardless of them. the match yeah yeah it's it's yeah he's like you you get filled with something inside you that this parental feeling like you want to protect did he them. feel that he said he felt that even for this person that he's never met but he he knows that all the information is matching oh, up man. so he he responded because he said he struggled with it for a little bit he's like the ethical this that something else and he's like screw it like because I, they're searching they're searching they want to know something and 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 he said that he didn't know like if if she was gonna want anything more like or was it literally what she was just saying like I don't want anything from you like I she he said that she wrote this beautiful note saying how much she just appreciated that he how did that. How did she find out? She did the twenty three and Me thing. Oh. And and then uh, so he reached out and then um, and then what happened is over time all these other people slowly started kind of trickling in. Um, and then he started having a bigger problem, like not a problem problem, but he was like, he felt, he felt like he was betrayed. He's like, they said at most it was going to be five. One of the kids, like yeah, how he, many did it turn out to? I think up to this point, there might be like 25. Okay. And, and he, and he's thinking there's might even be more because he's thinking that what they did is they really just like, do you know his name? I don't remember his name, but I'll find out for you. What is it on like TLC? There's gotta be a show about it. I, I read about it on some article because oh, you know really? yeah where'd you read it from so you know when you go on firefox it gives all these different um articles so one, i don't go on firefox okay so firefox when you have it just set to the default it brings up all these articles is it, it way better than google well firefox actually uses google for a lot of things what this does is it just pulls up random things i like to read very unique stories um yeah because my apple stuff. Yeah. news and it's, yeah, it's, it's all the uh, same shit you know it is all the same stuff tired of it yeah with the uh, with the firefox thing I, I i don't know how i feel about it exactly but i think it looks at your cookies 
and it and it sees that I like to I like to see. Oh, it's stories. gonna start sending me porn all the time then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with uh, with this thing, it just pulls up all these random stories. It pulls up a lot of scientific stuff. It pulls up a lot of like really out there stories. Um, with this one, it was a trip because it was like a really deep story, and it had a lot of like very interesting scientific aspects to it and it and it had a lot of struggles with morality and and ethics and it and it was a really interesting thing because in the end this guy ended up deciding like he was going to meet with at least like five or six of these people like in that first batch that had reached out to him and he'd been talking to all of them for like a year and they all wanted to know who their siblings were they had all reached out to each other because they they have this big cohesive thing with with family um there's people that are that are adopted or or all sorts of different things and they search and search and search for like feeling a connection to another person because you and i grew up in a very traditional family household Mm -hmm. that both our parents were there the entire time Mm -hmm. but i'm sure you've had friends that they didn't have that right like i've had a lot of friends that didn't have that and they always say the grass is greener on the other side or whatever and I, i don't know maybe it is with in this particular situation but scientific studies have said a person's success changes when you start subtracting different, you know, the mom or dad from a household. No, no, totally. If you don't have that in there, I, I mean, is that is that comfortable? Like, am I comfortable to say something like that? I, I think because so. it's always it, I mean, it makes it harder. At, it's an up, it's an uphill battle. But at the it very is least, still right? hard though with the, with yeah. two parents in the household if they're if they're if they're not together. Well, if, if they have a lot of struggles, living there. yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's a it lot reflects. of. It I mean, yeah, the, I mean, beating the the wife or the wife being aggressive. One of them's on drugs. The other one's, you know, got got certain. Yeah, you know, there's there's all sorts of other stuff. Taste for other other things, and I mean, it's it, it goes down yeah. the line. But there, there's but there's a lot some, of you get them both there. Yeah, but I mean, if you have two parents that are at least trying, because that's the thing. Like, I think it takes both parents to be trying. To, to make at least a comfortable household mm. one of one of my friends growing up as a little kid like m- one of my first experiences into understanding like uh, uh, parents that were divorced were uh, I think I was in the second or third grade um, this buddy um, his parents got divorced right mm-hmm. and and honestly I just from the impression I got he never really complained about it like a whole lot. Like, I mean, he didn't, he didn't like either of his parents. He, 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 he couldn't stand either of them, but he didn't like really throw in a lot of details in the general sense. But I did know that his parents did this whole tug of war. It didn't seem like his parents cared about him. They were always using him as a pawn. Like it didn't seem like either parent really wanted him, but they were trying to use him as like a, as just something leverage. to do. The, yeah. Leverage to pull something from the other one. And he ended up having a bad drinking problem in high school. Holy shit. I knew a dude that was drinking in, in sixth grade. Yeah. He'd bring one of those thermos cups full of vodka, and we'd go in the restroom and drink. Yeah. I think I tried it once. He drank the whole thing. He was all fucked up for the rest of the day. We were in uh, yeah, fifth or sixth grade. Dude, that, that name was Bud. That was his name, Bud. Yeah, and he was drinking Bud. Yeah, he was drinking <laughs> vodka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with, with, that, with that friend of mine, like I had so many friends that their parents got divorced and and both parents were like in really screwed up relationships and i i can't imagine that that helped their childhood right Mm -hmm. but like in the situation we're talking about if you have both parents there and both of them are at least trying to be good people and not leveraging the kids but actually trying to be adult parents you know Mm -hmm. because uh 
I think you have a better chance of, of having a, a, a better adulthood. But then some people, they want to they completely pull off from all of it altogether, and they don't even want to have anything to do with family. But then you have these people that never had any real family. One, one of my aunts, she was a foster mom for a lot of different kids. Wow. And, and she felt enriched by it. She, she tried to give these kids like a normal childhood. She made sure that they were at all her family get-togethers. She never really said too much to make them ever feel like they were separate. So, like, to me, those are my cousins. They doesn't, blood, blood doesn't matter as much as if you're considered family, you're family. Um, and, and that's the way I always grew up, but a lot of people don't have that. They don't have family, huh? They, they don't have I got a lot of family. Of family. Yeah. We don't even hang out. Yeah. Too many of us. And we all yeah. do. Someone's getting fucked up. Someone's yeah. going to fight. I mean, it's just. Yeah, but then five know. minutes later, you guys are all hugging each other and fine. Or like a no, there's there. people <laughs> that are fighting and are still not talking to this day. Yeah. It's uh, I have a big family. And my best friend is my cousin Daniel. I was his best man in his wedding. Uh, we didn't talk for years. And when my grandma passed, you know, I got his number from his mom. And we, turns out we both loved to golf. He was golfing, just learning. I was golfing. And we we hit it off. We, we picked up. I have pictures of me and him when we were young, like five years old, you know. And somewhere down the line, and, you know, arguments, Stuff whatever. Happens, yeah. You separate. And uh, he's he's my best fucking friend, dude. I had, and, I had a uh, bunch of cousins that... Uh, that became gangsters and all this different stuff during like the high school, end of high school, after high school, right? Um, but when you're kids, you're just kids, right? Mm-hmm. You're just having fun, hanging out, and then uh, everybody, like, a, you just start growing up or whatever. Everybody goes their different directions, mm-hmm. and then we all started coming back and hanging out with each other more again. And there was even spots that we were all still hanging out, but we just we just became very different people from when we were little. Mm-hmm. And and now. Everybody now that you're kids. older now now you're older we're like back in a place that we're all like kind of like talking on a regular basis and like everybody kind of grew up a little bit right mm-hmm. so that's the thing like you 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 still feel drawn to pull back to your family because at the end of the day i don't know that you always do that with all the friends that you have but with family even if you just had a small connection you want to try to retrieve that and and feel connected to them it's a connection and then going back yeah. to that guy Who's finding out that his sperm was used more than he than than it was told for it? And he has this feeling like, you know, same thing with with abortion. I don't know how girls feel when they when they have abortion. I don't want to have anybody on the podcast talking about something like that. But I think a lot of them they struggle with it because I mean they have to, right? Yeah. Well, I I don't even think they have to. I think they do. I mean, whether they're not that they they um they discuss it. There's something inside them that I think that that hurts a lot of people. When I was in high school. Um, one of my friends, she she had said that she had had one, and she struggled with it for for years. She felt so guilty. She felt bad about it, all this different stuff. But she wasn't in a place that she could have a kid. And um, regardless of how you feel about it, the the fact is that she knew that that even if she did have the kid, she wasn't going to be able to. How to old are home. you? I, I'm I'm up there. <laughs> okay. My next question yeah, yeah. is. Do you plan on having kids? I don't know. I just kind of. You don't have to answer it. Yeah, I mean, that's just. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I know you. I can see you enjoying yeah. taking your kids camping, dude. You, you, I, you would really like you'd be. That's I mean, that's what I do with my kids. I yeah. teach them camping. I and, and that's one thing I enjoy I, is camping. I, I'm at times yeah. when I and I set up camp. 
they're out. Isaac's throwing rocks yeah. and Abby's well, chasing like, the squirrels, and I'm setting everything up. I and I've been trying to get my now I'm getting my, them involved. Yeah, and I've been trying to get my niece and my nephews to come camping. I've been trying to get my brothers to to bring their kids camping. And and it's funny they're a little more apprehensive about it. I don't know if it's because my brothers, because my brothers in in my family are the ones that have the kids. What it is is that like when we were kids and we went camping, my dad made sure that we all had like our job to do right. Mm-hmm. And I was fine with it. I don't know how my brothers necessarily feel about it. One of my one of my brothers, he he really digs going camping, but he's very like careful about, um, um, you know like. He doesn't want to make his kids have a bad experience, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's a case with both of them. I don't if if I was a parent, I don't think I'd be worried about that too much. I think when you start thinking about like, oh, I want to make sure they have the best possible experience, I think you just screw it up for yourself too. It camping is going to be whatever it's going to be, right? Yeah. Well, you, you we go back to we camp together, but we're separated. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're de- she's de- decompressing. You're decompressing. And you have, Same thing with me. When and I and go the kids recently, too, my right? kids. Yeah, yeah, like you guys. And they have I've to told you. Too, I was telling yeah. them. I said, "Hey, you guys better been trained. Go walking. Yeah. Get on the scooter because we're gonna walk. I walked twelve miles a day. Yeah. I could walk. It's no big deal. But my kids who are at home, they're, yeah. they're doing online learning. All this. They're inside. Well, did did you did you play any sports when you were a kid? Like yeah. as a young kid, yeah. No, I used to play a lot of uh, basketball, street ball. I mean, we yeah, were always out in the street, dude. Always. So I I did water polo. I did swimming. Water polo is good. Yeah, water polo was fun. And then I tried to get into football, but I I just I wasn't digging it as much. And then, uh, but when I was when I was young, my parents when I was really little, actually, like I want to say like five or six, maybe. My parents took me to go swimming. Maybe I was younger than that, actually. Um, I don't think I was in school yet. My my parents tried to take me swimming at a family member's house, and I just sunk like a friggin' rock, right? Mm-hmm. So then the first thing they do is they go take me to swim lessons, and I, I, I distinctly remember grabbing onto the edge of, like, the coping of the pool and not wanting to let go. I don't know if I was screaming and crying or whatever, but I was convinced I was going to fall deeper and not be able to get back out again, right? But my parents are like, no, you, you have to learn how to swim. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. And then I ended up loving it. I didn't get uh, swimming lessons until I was like 12. And I thought I was old. Yeah, but it's scary. Like, it doesn't matter what age you're at. Like, when I never, gonna, I couldn't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Raging Waters. I'd get invited to Raging Waters. It's terrifying when you don't know what you're doing yeah. out there. And then now I love it. I mean, I've, I've loved it after I learned how to swim and stuff. But I, even when the first time I went on the deep side of the pool when I was still learning how to swim... I remember getting that sinking feeling. I, I remember to this day, like it just felt terrifying because you can't figure out how deep that side is. It just seems dark and mm-hmm, scary, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But then you get over it. And if you don't get pushed by your parents or whoever that's in charge of you to keep on pushing you into these scary spots, you never learn how to get over it. How, I mean, there's so many people that are afraid of everything because they never had somebody pushing them when they were younger, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you nailed the nail right on the head, man. Yeah, but I mean, I at the time you're you're scared to fucking you probably hate whoever it is that's telling you you have to do this stuff. But then later on, I mean, as, as cliche as it sounds, you thank them for it for pushing you into these uncomfortable situations because you mm-hmm. learn how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I think that 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 teaches you how to get past the things that you really don't necessarily want to do because you want to get to that other side, whatever that other side is. I mean, my my goal is to make sure that my kids do better than me. 
I want I, I work yeah. hard. I, I do what I can. You know, taking away those fears by by teaching them and taking them yeah. and, and learning. And I'm learning as I go too. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm I'm a parent and I'm learning as I go too. And having different age kids, 18, 12, 9, you, you, we got all three. We got a we got a whole menu of, of kids and everyone's yeah. got different attitudes. But to be able to put that all together and go on a on a camping trip and, and it's everyone handled it was was amazing and I'm learning as I go, you know, but I always, my goal is to teach my kids so that when they have kids and they get older and, and I get old, that they can they take that, what they learned and, and, and adapt it because I yeah. didn't go camping. Yeah. My mom's never been camping. My mom never went camping. Would my she, dad's gone like once, but would your mom ever be down to, unless she just never had no the opportunity? Or, no, 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 she no, don't want no, 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 she had yeah. nothing, dude. My, okay. So one of the times when we went camping, because my dad knew that my mom wanted to go camping, but she was like kind of a little like iffy yeah. about it. Like she was always afraid of like bears and stuff. So my lady, dude, yeah, psh, she packs. Every, we have yeah. she's boom, 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 boom. Yeah, she probably carries a shotgun with her just in case there's a bear. Just to like, psh, just in <laughs> my case, lady, like no, <laughs> he carries it for me <laughs> in case I get out of control. <laughs> <laughs> like when so one time we're camping in this really old like fifties tent thing. And, uh, and whatchamacallit, uh, um, my dad's like, my dad, my dad took off to go to the bathroom, right? In the middle of the night, there wasn't a, a there was a bathroom that wasn't too far away. It's one of the normal mm-hmm. campground, right? And, uh, so I, he just start like, I didn't know it was him at first, but we're all like just sleeping in this tent. And my, my dad, like, he sees that there's some light behind him. So he starts sticking his arms up mm-hmm. and making growling sounds. My mom comes out with a pan ready to beat the, sh- the crap out of a, out of a bear. And then my dad's like laughing. I could hear, my dad always has this distinctive laugh. Mm-hmm. He was just cracking up. And my mom was like mad at him for like a couple days. Oh. She's just like, I was ready to go beat the bear. She's like, I'm not going to let him touch the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny. Moms have that, 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 uh, she didn't know they that it was that my mom, dad. That mom, mama Dude. bear. She called Marissa says mama bear. Yeah, like they're they'll 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 rip the throat out of something and then I, beat the I crap out of I, it. I can't whip my <laughs> I can't whip my kids because if yeah. I do, mama bear comes out. Yeah, yeah. So she gets to do the whipping, mm-hmm. but Papa Bear can't come out and be like, "Hey, okay, that's enough." Yeah, leave, <laughs> yeah, leave, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it does something to you camping. Going back to yeah, 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 being out there in the wilderness. How often do you need to decompress? Oh, a what lot. Is, what is, do you have a a lot, a lot? Um, I'm I'm usually trying to find a way to be out in a trail once or twice a month, um, at least. Even if I'm not camping, even if I'm just out on the trails for the day, mm-hmm. um, at least once or twice a month, I'm trying to get out there, and I and I bring enough stuff just in case I decide I'm going to just camp out that night. Uh, and so like, you usually go for the day then. At least, at least for the day, I try to go. I like an actual camping trip. Like I was just up in uh, in Big Bear. There's these old mining trails that you can get to. I didn't even know that they were there before. I had buddies that had talked about it before, but I didn't know. My they were buddy there. keeps telling me to go to Laguna Lake in Fullerton. Yeah, that's a cool lake. I actually have gone there. You a, could a park few times. there, and he goes. There's all you kinds of around. trails. There is, and it and it's nice. Um, my lady likes to go there, and we see the the turtles and the and the the ducks and stuff and there's have you ever been to the there's a little italian deli when you keep on going up euclid off of uh imperial 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I can't think of the name of the place, but Euclid. we'll go. So you go Euclid all the way to the very top till basically almost before it ends. You'll like dead end in like a, in a residential area. So you keep on going and like right at the intersection of Imperial and Euclid ends at uh, no, no. Doesn't Euclid go all the way down to Rosecrans though? No, no, no. It keeps on going straight up and it goes into Because you'll Imperial. pass Bass and Cherry. You pass? And then Bass and Cherry will hit. You just keep Harbor. on going past. Okay. Yeah, you keep on going past Bass and Cherry. You, um, Euclid turns into something then. What does it turn into? Um, I don't know what it turns into. The, the whatchamacallit. Because you got Harbor that comes out on Imperial. Well, this, well, Euclid, if you, if you keep on going up Euclid from Fullerton, um, you'll end up off of Imperial and Euclid and then it'll go into residential area. But right at that intersection, there's a little Italian deli. I don't think I've ever been down that street, Dude, that, it, that far. Yeah. 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 I've so, always taken Harbor to Imperial. I've never taken Euclid to Imperial. I usually make a ride on. It goes through residential. It goes through residential area, it goes through La Mirada. And then like right when you get out of it, I think it's technically Whittier. And there's, there's an Italian, uh, deli there. And you can get sandwiches. I mean, it's very traditional Italian. Do is we'll uh, we'll grab some sandwiches and then go down over to Laguna Lake, and then from there, you know, just hang out. Hang I out, gotta go try out. out that deli. So they make sandwiches there, dude. They make sandwiches. You can go pick up. So what we'll do sometimes is we'll grab some uh, some pizza dough. Is that by, by the, the 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 Korean massage? Spa. <laughs> I don't know about all Del that. Del Taco. Now, there, no, when you do, you know where the because the farthest I've gone up Euclid because yeah, yeah. Euclid will, will cut through Bass and Cherry. It does cut through Bass and Cherry, but it keeps on going past it. So do you know wow. there's a a Northgate Market, like the nicest Northgate Market you've ever seen? It's up there in Whittier, off of Imperial. That's like in Gilbert, Gilbert and Imperial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just a few streets down to get to Euclid. Mm. So it, it's right by there. Um, and when you go in there, they have everything's imported from Italy. You get uh, Italian oils, um, canned uh, tomatoes. They have different sauces, dude. They have um, they have this uh, this Italian uh, uh, pasta that has that's infused with like red hot chili peppers. Um, they have this one, this other one that's actually infused. It, it's I think it's infused anyways, but it says uh, black squid ink. Like you know how like yeah, when yeah. you know when when uh, octopuses are trying to escape they yeah. tr- they drop out ink. Well, they use they use uh, the squids for for calamari, right? What do you think they do with the ink? I didn't know. I just calamari's an yeah. octopus. Yeah. So I thought that they I didn't even think about the the black ink that they make, right? So what what they do is they use some of that in some of this pasta, and I guess it has a flavor to it. But you can grab if you want to make a really traditional Italian meal, you go up there, grab anything you want, any spices you want. Um, they have. Uh, Are you cooking every night? Yeah, yeah, I love cooking. I've been cooking since I was a little kid. Uh, my grandpa was huge into cooking. Yeah, you so don't bar- you don't you don't barbecue. You cook. I, I like to I cook barbecue. More. I I when I barbecue, I'm I'm doing simple stuff. I might be making like hamburgers, ch- hamburgers or chicken breast. Yeah. Like not a whole chicken, not like what you do. <laughs> like like if you've never had a chance to to have Steve's chicken, like he gets these these uh these syringes and injects it with like mm. chili sauce and flavor, lets it soak in there for a while. He makes sure that the the meat's at a certain temperature constantly the whole thing. Use those uh those wood pellets, right? Yeah, I got a the Traeger it's, a, it's like a Traeger grill. Yeah. But it's a, the knockoff. It's a Z grill. 
but it's uh, the same parts. Dude, it has an app. Same parts of, of what Trevor yeah. uses, of the internals, it, but it's the same yeah, setup. He has like a, a like a like an app that tells him what temperature the chicken's at, and if it's off a little bit, he goes there and, and adjusts the pellets and like throws in different <laughs> things. And like he, he's like a scientist. You see him throwing the it's white trial lab coat. And yeah. Yeah, it's trial and error. It's trial and error. Dude, but he's taking notes. Like, I mean, he's so, <laughs> like, notes. he's taking notes as he's doing it. Okay, the chicken reacted this way don't when even, I did this to the temperature. The only, <laughs> the only notes I'm taking is the one that's going to my mouth. <laughs> Drinking some more beer. But I've fucked up plenty of foods, dude. Yeah, my but, first shot, dude, of, yeah. of barbecue and chicken, it was so raw. My cousin was there with, with his lady, his wife. Shout out to my cousin again, Daniel, if he's listening to the podcast. But uh, when I first bought my own spot in Corona, uh, my lady's dad gave us a barbecue. And that was mm-hmm. my first barbecue. I started barbecuing. I barbecued chicken. I got cheap-ass chicken, um, the, the cheap shit where yeah. it's injected with, with saline or yeah, salt yeah. water to plump them up to make them look bigger. Yeah. And I threw that on the grill, and, and, and it was burnt on the outside because it burned so quick. Yeah. And then the inside, it was raw. My cousin goes, I didn't order chicken and a side of and a shot of blood. You know, that's how raw <laughs> it was, dude. And that's when I was my my when I was like, Okay, dude, I'm cooking food for people. Yeah, I gotta it, be able to make sure it's cooked, you know, because some people yeah. don't like you know, well, everybody, you some people like it well well done. And and I've thrown fourth of July parties, birthday parties where there's hundred people. 120 people. You don't want anybody and to I'm, sick. And I'm and I have yeah. chicken sitting overnight in a dressing you know, it's seasoned and it, it's, you throw it on a grill that you better be able to fucking rock. Yeah. You don't want people, you know how embarrassing it is? People come back with the drumstick and going, hey, dude, my lady says it's fucking not cooked. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, because nobody wants to get yeah, sick. Dude, and they're that, afraid of that. Yeah. So I've had to learn over the years of how to cook chicken. Yeah. You know, how to cook meat, how it feels. And even my lady, she worked at Fuddruckers and she knew she would do the, with the, with the hand. So you, you'd go yeah. pinky. That's, that's, um, that's medium rare, yeah, that's yeah, medium yeah. rare, yeah, rare, medium rare, medium, and then oh, I think it's right here. Yeah, so well, you see what yeah, I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. I, like, you guys I'm, can't I'm, see it, but like there's he, a, he's, he's checking the palm of his hand to be able to see, like when you touch different fingers, it it makes you basically your hand is flexing the muscle, right? Flexing the muscle, how it should feel yeah. in certain areas. But now they have wireless, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, wireless uh, temperature thermometers and, and yeah. it plugs into your phone it tells you okay it's sometimes there's flare-ups in the smoker you get you, it's something that you can't go to sleep the smoker might get get clogged up and next thing you know it's like four or five hundred degrees yeah and you're oh, leaving fuck. you're leaving it there for i've done hours, it though. i've gotten yeah. comfortable now where yeah. i can sleep yeah and go okay like uh fourth of july party i did two pork shoulders yeah and and you're just doing I'm, a I'm, slow I'm, slow burn right? slow burn like 250 degrees 225 yeah and I've learned to fucking be comfortable to where I could go to sleep for six hours, get up and check it, wrap it, do my thing. When I was a kid, I, I was like all gun ho about trying all sorts of different things. So one time I got it in my head, I really wanted to try to, to make beef jerky. And back in those days, there was no Amazon. It was like 185 degrees. Yeah, like we had to set the oven at a super low temperature. My mom was helping me out. Like she was she was super supportive of me, like trying to do crazy ass crazy ass stuff in the kitchen she was she was down for it right and uh and then so like i i find this recipe i say i want to do it we left it in the oven for like 24 hours at a super low temperature and um 
and it, and it came out so freaking bomb. But it, it was so much work to do it. In case anybody's never tried to make beef jerky, dude, it, it's not easy. That's the reason why good stuff actually is kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of work that's done to it. And have you gone to the alien? I have. Beef I jerky have. recently. Yeah, yeah. We just we when we came back from vacation. Dude, it's good stuff, man. They have a lot of unique flavors there. Yeah, I got the hot. I got a shirt from there. It's an yeah. alien one. Dude, uh, I like that place. They used to go there for years. It was. I remember it was like a little shop. Yeah, yeah, I remember and now, that too. And now they're building like a restaurant in the back. Yeah. I think they're building a muse- museum. That's dope. Did you Have you ever driven all the way up to Mammoth and there's like a little hole in the wall? It looks like it maybe used to be a gas station like, I don't know, 50, I've only been 50 to 60 Mammoth years ago. once. So when you're going up there on the 395, there's this spot that there used to be a lake. Now their lake is, the lake is all rancid. There's it's, a bunch of lakes up there too. Yeah, but when you're going up there, this is an old dried up lake. What happened was is one of the one of the water bottling companies like overdid it and they completely took all the water out. Where was the water coming from? Um, I think it normally just came from like snow drifts and there was like a natural uh, there was a natural spring. What company dried it up? Uh, I want to Nestle. I think it, yeah, I think it was Nestle actually. <laughs> they had a stupid, dumb. They had a really stupid contract with uh, whoever, whoever had that resource, and they just destroyed it. There's nothing left there. Nothing can be used. And uh, so, anyways, there's a gas station that used to be there. It went abandoned for years, and then somebody bought the property and turned it into like a little beef jerky stop. So oh. when when me and my friends would go through, I don't know if it's still there anymore. I think it is. Um, after the COVID thing, everything closed down, right? Mm-hmm. So they used to make all this random beef jerky all from somebody's house probably and then just sell it in that little old gas station. And that's all they said. There's not actually gas in that station anymore. It's just whatever the storefront was. But they had a lot of really cool flavors of of different things. And, yeah, like little hole-in-the-wall spots, they usually have like the best beef jerky kind of going Mm -hmm. back to the... The alien? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there. It was cool to go back again. My daughter... They're all me and my kids. Yeah, like, I, I want to just keep going home. I'll just go. I've been there so many times. Yeah, but this is. But I was like, them. this is for them. Yeah. And so they bought all kinds of stuff. My daughter actually paid for everything. The I mean, she's working. Well, she's working yeah. at McDonald's. So, dude, it was funny. So you, I don't know if it was you or or your wife that brought her back home the other day, but she came back and she had like kind of like dead and look like mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with anybody. Mm-hmm. This has like been a long day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of either you or your wife were like saying, so how did, how did your day go? She's all like, mm. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I make fun of her. <laughs> I, I sent, I send her a post yeah. on like IG or, or Twitter. I'll send her yeah. a post of a, all the memes for like the new Travis Scott. Yeah. You know, yeah. Travis Scott, the yeah, rapper. Yeah. he's got a menu. It's called the Travis Scott meal. Okay. And so, I'll send her memes of people doing like playing on the sickle mode in the drive-thru yeah. and ordering the food that way. And yeah. Just the way that they, <laughs> people are. Dude. They're still in the posters. Yeah. You can steal the poster and sell it for like 1500 So when I, when I was still in college, one of my cousins, one of my cousins was going to school in Santa Barbara. So I'd go and hang out there sometimes. Right. And did you ever part when you were in college, did you ever party up in Santa Barbara? I've, I've been Santa Barbara, um, Monterey Bay. Yeah, but do you know like the and, old uh, Santa Cruz? Do you remember like that Berkeley? Do you remember like that five O area though? Like it was like a a bunch of uh, a bunch of college students. They rented out properties that were like in what probably used to be a nice residential. Yeah, there's area. a downtown down there. Yeah, yeah I've yeah, been yeah, down yeah. there. 
so back when I back when I was in school, there was a lot of partying going on, and there was a lot of fraternities and sororities and whatever. This all is in a that downtown, area. like a strip, like Main Street. And well, Huntington. but this is well, this is like just a residential area. So like every, from like Thursday to Sunday, there was parties going on, like every single night. Fucking keg, ragers. Keg, yeah, but kegs in the front yard, all sorts of different stuff. So I was down there one of the days with my cousin because that's where he went to school at, and. Um, and I remember he, he he didn't belong to one of the fraternities, but he was cool with everybody that was in all these different fraternities, so they'd always invite him to all these parties. So we were going into one of the places, um, I think it was TKE or something like that. We go in there, and the back wall, like where the living room is at, somebody had stolen the Burger King sign, like that giant hamburger <laughs> thing, and it was just against the wall. It's like wall art. <laughs> and I asked about it, and they're like, I don't know. They're like, it just happened one night. It just happened stay one there. night. We used to went out at Frat Row at uh, Cal State Fullerton. Mm-hmm. There's there's Frat Row, and one time we were hanging out real quick before in the show. One of my best friends, he was actually the, my best friend at my wedding. We would get so bombed up, we would drink bottles. We just bring Bacardi and we, you know, yeah, we slam it in front of people and we were, we were trying to be clowns and. Back then, when they had frat roll the parties, they had all the houses are going off. Well, they used to block off the streets. You remember that yeah. over there for frat roll? But, the, but they would have all the yeah. backyards. Yeah. You go in the backyard, the fences are down, so you could just keep walking. Yeah. From house to house in the backyard. Do you, Do you remember the last house on that street? They actually dug out their own pool. They had all the um all the pledges. <laughs> they had the idea. yeah they had the pledges actually dig the pool for one summer because I remember they they didn't even have a fence around the pool back in those days. Well, they didn't have a pool. They had these pledges, like that whole summer just digging out that pool, digging out that pool, and then they then they had somebody come in and concrete it and finish all the rest of it. But the actual hole was never dug by a. Uh, by a, a, a what do they call those things? Um, a pledge. No, no, no. Like I mean, the, what's that big machine that normally would um, like not a dump truck, but you know those things. A crane. It's not a. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. dig the hole. Yeah, yeah. But normally they would have one of those things. It was just the pledges digging this thing out. So going back to my boy. Yeah, yeah. We're all partying. We set, we get separated, right? One guy starts talking. One of my friends might talk yeah. to another group. Yeah. I'm listening. I'll move on, you know, yeah. trying to find, conversate with people. Yeah. We all get separated. Like, it, it happens, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's so my buddy, he's, he's fucked up. He used to drink Cisco's back then. He just smashed like two Cisco's before even getting to the party. And so at one point, he's hanging out with this group. You know, dudes are talking. Yeah. He's, he's listening in. Okay. And he, he starts sliding his way in. He lean. He puts his hand to lean on the glass door. You know the, the yeah, sliding yeah, glass yeah. door. Yeah. Enter the backyard. He went to fucking put his hand on it, and it tipped over. And oh, so the he glass went, door? went to yeah, and it broke. Boom. Yeah. Shatter everywhere, dude. Yeah. Oh. They all look at him. They don't know who he is. He goes, Yeah. What the fuck did you do? And everybody's going, they're going crazy, dude, because yeah. they're like, you know, six, seven hundred dollar doors, glass yeah, yeah. sliding doors. Yeah. And then at one point, when dude goes, "Who are you? Where'd you come from?" Because <laughs> back then you couldn't go in there unless you had an invite. But yeah, yeah, you had to have then, an invite. Yeah. You go. Well, I think the, it's the same. You way, go through yeah. one house in the front, the backyard. You could, they all connect. Yeah, yeah. They all open up. Well, yeah, they used to. I mean, so for the old frat row, that whole entire street on either side, there was a fraternity. 
all the are way down. Are they still there? No, no. They kicked a, they kicked a lot of them out. What happened what was... What about that barnyard one off of uh, State? That's and, a, uh, that's the oldest fraternity that's in Fullerton. That's the only one left, huh? I think the other... No, T, TKE is still there because that one's at the very front. Um, when you go down where what used to be Frat Row, there's a bunch of like just random... Uh, uh, apartments that are all right there, but they kicked out most of the fraternities. Why? So what happened was, is there was a, there was a problem. Like the end, the end of my college year, um, one of the fraternities had gotten kicked out because they they did something, whatever it is that they did, right? And they got upset because they were also getting kicked out of the house. Like they not only lost whatever it was that was going on to their fraternity, but they lost the house. Mm-hmm. And the house had been theirs ever since the beginning of Cal State Fullerton or something like that, or, or sometime after the beginning of Cal State Fullerton. And so what they did is before like they left, they punched holes in all the walls, shoved raw meat in there, closed up the holes so that nobody knew that they threw stuff in there. And then then the fraternity itself got completely kicked out of Fullerton out of that whole, uh, out of the Greek society because there was maggots coming out from everywhere from whoever um whoever like bought the property afterwards or or something or whoever actually owned it what a bunch of fucking dirtbags dude oh, that's dude. like beyond dirtbag i never yeah. go to i never joined a fraternity no, just because of the i know people that have been in some of respectful dude yeah but I, I kept my distance when i was yeah, at yeah, yeah. No, same, there was a couple of like latino fraternities all that and but do you know, know what? Like I, I don't, I don't have anything like bad to say in general about no, fraternities. Like I think that they help out. Like especially if you they know, take care of each other. They take care of each other. But if 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 it's one of those groups that like they have a lot of people that have professional connections, I think a big thing with college is that if you if you're going and you don't have a lot of those connections, or maybe you're not as social as you'd like to be, it helps to open up a lot of doors for what you want to do in the future. One one of my one of my old buddies, he um. He he did, wasn't particularly big on wanting to be in a fraternity, but he wanted to work for HP, and and in the division, the very specific division he was trying to get into, he found out that a bunch of these guys that were running that division of HP up in Silicon Valley, they all had belonged to the same fraternity. So he got it in his head: if I go in there, I have a better chance than most people. He's like, there's no guarantees that this will do anything for me, right? Mm-hmm. So his last two years in college, he joined the fraternity that that had the connection in there and he was able to get the job like it all worked out the way that he thought it did here here's the the negative side of that he was already married he married his high school sweetheart his wife ended up divorcing him um because she just didn't she didn't really like that he joined the fraternity she didn't like all this other stuff that was going on and they were cordial and they were friends and stuff in the end but like she just really he followed went, his dream. He followed his dream, but she, that wasn't her dream, though. So they ended up going their different directions because when you when you belong to those, you have to do whatever it is that they say you, you're supposed mm-hmm. to do if you really want to belong to it. And that was his dream. He pursued it, so there was a cost to it. Everything there's a cost, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything has has a price price to pay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, nothing's for free in this life, man. Nah, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate you all the time when you come over we 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 discuss what we're going to talk about today in the podcast and what topics and and i said look at man how how you are you come over my pad i'm I'm cooking or working on the podcast or whatever you come over we have a beer we chop it up for a bit and you leave and i said that's the same thing we're going to put on this podcast because 
you know, this is real. This is raw. This is real. This is the real deal. Ain't, ain't no script. I'm not trying to be anybody, man. I'm just trying to live my life. And, and I want people to, to listen and learn. And, and we all struggle through things in life. And I've struggled and I've been there. I've been at the bottom of the pit and, and I've been up the top. And one thing that, that that's, defines me is I love fucking camping. And me and you, yeah. dude, we talk about camping. I see you going on your trips. You're never home. You're always... Oh, I just got back from Italy, bro. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck, man. God damn. It well, pissed not, me not, off. not recently, so people don't get scared yeah, about the COVID re- thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not recently, but like you're always traveling. Yeah. You're a traveling man. You're a journey man. You're, I'm like you. You know, uh, this is a journey, this podcast, you know, meeting new people and getting people on. But I wanted people to get to know you. And, and it only took 47 episodes for you to finally <laughs> go, hey, dude, let me. Yeah. You know, I. I Obviously, I would have watched you on first episode, second, third. You know that there there comes a time and place, and and this is the way the podcast is working. And man, I'm honored to have you on the show. Well, people are going to be excited to listen to this podcast, and we're we're getting close to that that year mark, and we're already discussing other ideas that I don't want to throw out there on the podcast. Thank you so much for your help, man. I appreciate you, man. This, this podcast wouldn't wouldn't have started. And it wouldn't have been as great without your help, man. And you yeah, well, helping thank you. me. I'm honored, to, I'm honored to be here, man. I'm honored to help you out. Hell yeah, man. I thank you so much, man. So obviously we, you don't want people to know who you are <laughs> because of, of your previous uh, actions. But uh, once again, man, tell the people what's up. Hey, well, uh, thanks for listening to our stories today. And uh, keep on listening. Only good things are going to keep on coming from this. I love you guys. I will see you next week. I got a sick lineup set for the next two months. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Be good. Be good to each other. Love. Smile. Say thank you. And give. Even if it's if the, the only thing you have to give is a shirt on your back. I love you guys. Peace. Peace.